0: Welcome to the Digging It podcast by Bendigo Baptist Church Young Adults. Each podcast will be digging deeper into the sermon, looking at your questions and fleshing out what wasn't covered. Congratulations on taking the time out to join us this week. Let's dig in.
1: Yes, hello. We're at podcast number three and uh, we've got uh, Donna Clark with us today. Hello. Howdy, Donna. We've got Stuart Berryman. you And we've got Mitch Nort, And this afternoon, we are thinking about the topic of love radically. Uh, We are in this rhythms of life of maturity as believers. And um, what does it look like to love radically? What does that mean for us? And we're going to dig around in that a little bit more. Mitch, you were speaking on on Sunday evening about this. And um, just give us a little summary of, uh, of what you want us to hear about that. I
2: suppose... What I wanted to get across is two things, the the radically bit and how in this day and age where radicalism is perhaps somewhat frowned upon and probably rightly so in a lot of the times, um, to do things out of the ordinary is just as perhaps weird today as it was. In Jesus' time they had sort of Pax Romana, Roman peace of beer and circuses and as long as you didn't step too far out of line it was all okay. If you did you often end up nailed to a cross, not just Jesus but quite a few, anyone who was deemed a sort of threat. Um, today it's perhaps a bit less likely, but you're more pro- you're likely to be perhaps sort of a little looked at as a little odd, even ostracised maybe, yeah. if you don't fit into the sort of you t- turn up, do your job, um, mass entertainment, all the rest of it. Um, and so to a dying and hurting world, a love that goes beyond those boundaries is perhaps radical and thus hopefully appealing. And I yeah. think it is appealing. I um, also wanted to really get the kicker of why do we do this because a lot of us know know that we're supposed to love God, love others, and but if we don't know why, we're just doing it out of obligation and religion and we can often feel disheartened and we sort of miss the point, I think.
1: Um, yeah, definitely.
2: I really wanted to get across the fact that we love other, we love God because he loved us first and we love others because God loves us. And to show our love to God, we love others as well as part of that. The two are inseparable can't have one without the other just as James makes it clear that faith without works is dead, I would think you could quite easily say that faith and love for God without love for others um, is also dead and within, within that just that as Jesus' love for us was demonstrated practically and that he died for us, he didn't just have a nice feeling towards us he did something about it. yeah I think that's perhaps a model for us as well
1: yeah Uh, that's good there's there's two things that uh i just want to pick up on there that that this love that the the bible speaks of uh it's all through the new testament in particular and uh you uh you were dipping into a couple of passages mitch what was what were the main passages you wanted us to think about as you helped us look at it
2: yeah i was looking mostly at 1 john uh, 4 verse 7 to 21 yeah. Um, and one Corinthians thirteen. I also had in there uh, Luke six twenty-seven to thirty-six. The love your neighbors. The if someone strikes you in the cheek, turn the other. As um, that Luke one and the one Corinthians one is sort of the practical expression hmm. of well, how do we do this? Yeah, and what we see there
1: and all through the, the New Testament is that um, it's not just feelings; <laughs> it's it's getting expressed uh, somehow. Mm. And um, And that is what uh, God surely means us to understand.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree totally, Mitch. I really did appreciate what you shared on Sunday night and and just that thought that um, our love needs to be observable, palpable, an expression that is greater than just a feeling and Mm. um, that that will come and it will be observable and comment-worthy from those around us. Yeah, it was really good.
1: Mm. The other thing you just mentioned there, Mitch, was, you know, uh, we we sometimes just uh, find ourselves uh, easily tending towards just turning up, doing what we're used to doing. And um, there's no doubt that God means us to understand that that for His people, for for Christians, um, we are so affected by what God has done in us and the way He has loved us that um, that we don't just go through the motions of getting together and um, and doing something on a regular basis, but um, in the midst of that, we, we are seeking real community that, that loves each other in, um, mm-hmm. in real and authentic ways. And um, he's yeah, really drawn to it.
0: How? We desire it, we crave it, we're drawn to it. And, yeah. Yeah, and those around us are too.
2: Mm. Yeah. Well, another one of the passages that I briefly mentioned in there and would have liked to have spent more time on, but it was probably a little long as it was. Um, in John, the Gospel. Thirteen thirty-five. he says by, by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another mm. and if you're looking for a bit of midweek reading that whole sort of bit I love it at the end of John um, they're at the last supper and Judas has just gone out and there's about three or four chapters of Jesus sort of giving his final parting speech to his disciples and the call to love God and love others in there I didn't count it but there was a lot mm. heaps of times in there and a very it's Perhaps if you're looking for something to stir you and motivate you, reading that and understanding God's love for you in that, yeah. um, and then what He's calling, what He's calling you to do in there as well, um, it's perhaps a good read. Mm. Revolutionary.
1: Yeah. One of the, the questions that's come in on the Padlet, and um, uh, thank you for those who've engaged with the Padlet over the last few weeks. We want to encourage you to continue to do that. Uh, if you're in the Young Adults uh, Facebook group, that there it is, and it doesn't need to be just on um, on the weekend uh, or on Sunday evening as it goes up, but it, it's there to continue to ask questions of as, uh, as we go into the week and leading up to the podcast. But the, one of the questions was, what's the difference in loving and radically loving someone? Isn't love by God's standards already radical enough? And uh, I think Mitch has, uh, has addressed that pretty clearly, yeah. Uh, Yes, it is. Aren't we looking too much into it and putting pressure on ourselves to do more than just what God has asked of us already? Uh, the question goes on. Uh, Donna, do you want to start there? What's the difference in loving and radically loving someone?
0: Um, I don't think there is a difference. I think love by God's standard is radical. Yeah. I think it is totally countercultural, just as Mitch was saying, it would have been countercultural for Jesus' time and it's countercultural now. And I don't think that we should shy away from the word radical, but I also think we need to embrace it to an extent that it's going to be the love that Jesus requires of us is absolutely abnormal for a human nature to do without another prompting, without the expression of Christ in us living through us, then we're not prompted or going to desire to love to that degree or that extent because the cost is too great and too high and we're not going to voluntarily lay our lives down for someone else. Because the self-preservation aspect will kick in we're not going to do it willingly and vol- voluntarily unless there's something else at work and at play yeah, so, yeah I agree I, I love the word radical because I think it describes the love that we're called to but in some cases it should just be normal if yeah. you're a Christian and you love Christ then his love in you and through you should be expressed in that way that it, it should be a normal it could be a normal expression of life in Christ
1: yeah yeah, yeah. there are some positive and, and negative ramifications for the rest yeah. the word radical isn't there Stuart um, you were reflecting on those a little bit before do you want to dive into that a little bit
3: um yeah I think yeah I mean I think we all know that there's different political you know and or sort of ideological ideas that sort of attach to the type of language like radical etc but I don't think that we should seed that language to you know to, yeah, to those sort of ideologies or anything like that. I think we, we should retain it. And I think that, um, you know, I think in particular it's important that our love is always more than the sort of cultural norm, you know, whatever, whatever the expectations of society are. Um, yeah, and I think I was thinking earlier about that question and, you know, in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, at the end of like Matthew 5 when he's talking about love for one's enemies and he's saying, well, even the corrupt tax collectors love their you know, sons, et cetera, you know, how much more, you know, should you then, or how much more does a father and then how much by association Mm -hmm. should we then also? And so I think it is radical in relation to, you know, Mm -hmm. what is expected, what is normal, what is you know presumed.
1: Yeah, there is a sense in which there's all sorts of relationships in which we will be expected to love a certain way. Um, Parents will be expected to love their children in a way and we expect a a measure of love there. A- and so on. Um, and so when we love more extravagantly than those expectations, yeah. there's a sense in which it becomes radical, isn't there? Um, extravagant. Um, what, what was the word you used before, Donna? Scandalous, Scandalous or outrageous
0: or comment-worthy. Yeah. If it's something that's going to um, hit the gossip columns, mm.
1: then it's probably
0: only just hitting the mark.
1: Yeah. Mm. So there is no doubt that Jesus intends... Yeah his call to us to be a, a radical mm. call. It, mm. it looks very different in that sense. Um, I guess that leads us on to uh, another little question that we were throwing around a little bit before. Um, do you, um, what do you think we do when we give radical love to, um, to somebody or in a situation and it, it doesn't go well? Uh, mm. How do we deal with that? Uh, how, do we, how do we deal with that with God?
0: Yeah. It, it falls back to your expectations. Are you loving with strings attached? Whether that's, I get a great feeling out of loving you because I'm doing the right thing and I can pat myself on the back. There's a bit of kudos. Or am I loving purely with no agenda, no strings attached, no uh, other motive other than I get the opportunity to express my love for humanity and my love for God in whatever action that is. Yeah. And it's um, it's a pure motive. Yeah. rather than have I got some other expectation of you that now you owe me something or now you need to do what I perceive is the right thing or what, what other things am I tying up in my loving action yeah. other than just my loving action is a free gift to you.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I,
2: I think if you missed out on the morning service, I read through um, Dave Lovell's notes he preached in the morning mm-hmm. um, and he mentioned, and I think it's good, there's, I think there's about five different Greek words for love mm-hmm. that are used. Um, and all of them, except for the last one, which is used in this to express God's usually God's love for us and love we should have for each other, which is, I think it's the Greek word agape, mm-hmm. is all the others have strings attached. There's a brotherly love. There's a like a marriage love. There's all these things which are, I love you because you're my brother. Or, I love you because you're my spouse. Or I love you because of this. That last one that God has for us and that we have should have for others through God is I love you. No, mm-hmm. there's no strings attached and. As hard as it is to, at the time when you're trying to love someone and this not going well, um, think of what Jesus did. He he came and loved his people, and it got him nailed to a cross. Mm. And somehow he managed to, as they, as he's dying in our place, he says, "Father, forgive them." Mm. Yeah. Um, which is that is absolutely radical, and that's I don't think we can ever quite get our heads around just how utterly monumental it is. Uh, that God, our creator and our king and rule of the universe, comes and dies in our place. Mm. Yeah. Um, good. Even knowing that some of us aren't going to love him back. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh,
1: absolutely true. Um, do you think there's a greater obligation for us to love people outside of God's family versus people inside of God's family? And I'm probably looking at you here, Stuart. Um uh, do you think there's any uh, differentiation that um, that needs to be there for us uh, as we as we love people, whether they're inside of God's family or outside?
3: Yeah, yep. I think I'm um, on the back for a little bit with that one. But, you know, I guess I'm still thinking about, uh, yeah, the end of Matthew 5, you know, where... Um, and jesus said you've heard that the, the the law says you know love your neighbor and hate your enemy but i say love your enemies as well you know and i think that um well i think that that in some sense is uh you know calling to that and i think yes. you know mitch yeah. mitch used mitch used the example in um you know of the samaritan man on the road etc and he was by no means somebody you know with a common faith or anything like that and yet you know it appears to be that jesus is saying he's our neighbor and that we're to, we're to love him as well and then also think that you know, just generally, that um, you know, I think the Bible has a priority for the poor. You know, I think um, you know, that this is good news for the poor. is um, is used in Scripture multiple times. And
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Donna, you mentioned a passage earlier that um, will sometimes get met um, get quoted here. Uh, what was that one?
0: So which one we're we thinking? The Galatians yeah. six. Uh, yeah. So Galatians is uh, talking about the fact that we can love everybody, but especially the family of believers. Yeah. So I think it's Colossians 6.10. Um, I think the distinction is that we love everyone because they're inherently lovable, because they're created by Christ. Yeah. But the family of believers, there's a special unity and a special bond because the love is reciprocated. Yeah. And so I think back to the John 13 um, that Mitch was mentioning. So by this... All people will know that you're my disciples, to love you have one for another. And I think that that reciprocal love, that relationship that goes beyond the norm, that's a bonded connection, that, um, yeah, that is outrageous love that is reciprocated. I think that defines us as a community of believers. Yeah. But we have always doing that with open arms and welcome to have new, like, other people join that. That relationship, but it's turned outward and focused on the world and we love the world, but again, with no expectation that there's a reciprocation. Yeah. 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 So and I don't I know that we control the distinction between how we love inside or outside the church. I think we're just called to love all people equally, yeah. with sacrificially, but yeah, I think there's a difference in the inside yeah.
1: versus outside. I don't think the New Testament gives us too much of a differentiation. No. <laughs> there's no doubt, though, the reality is that we sometimes find it harder to love Mm. Uh, Christian brothers and sisters, mm. because we have expectations um, of uh, of how they will respond to mm. that. Um, we have expectations of the way they will love us, mm. and um, the reality is we're we're very human, very mm. very fallible, and we uh, we don't always reciprocate. No, uh, that but we lovely.
0: do tend to hold other believers to a higher standard, don't we? we do. It's much easier to excuse someone and say, well, they don't know Jesus. And it's much easier to let go of that expectation and not hold them to that standard. But we do tend to expect more of other believers, and whether that's well-founded or not, yeah. yeah, but maybe that speaks to our own expectations of our loving act being reciprocated rather than just given with no strings attached.
1: Yeah. What do we do when we don't feel like loving, Uh, Stuart? You um, had some comments earlier that were good on this um, uh, about, um, you know, we don't feel like loving somebody... uh, what, what do we do with that? Do we do we keep on loving? How, how do we keep on loving in those situations?
3: Um, yeah, yeah. I think we were talking earlier about how love can, you know, often be simply interpreted as you know as a feeling, and I was sort of, you know, I don't know. I haven't been a mother, but you know, thinking about the example of of a um, me neither, you know, of a mum being, or you know, well, you know, or, or or a father for that matter being, you know, woken up for the fifth time in the night, yeah, uh, by their crying kid, et cetera, And the chances are that you're not feeling particularly loving towards the child in that moment. However, you're still loving them in that action, and so it doesn't doesn't appear to me that um, you, you need to have to you, that you necessarily have to have warm and fuzzy feelings, you know. Um, all the time that you're serving others, that you're calling to, you know, and loving them. Mm.
1: That qualification is certainly not there in the Gospels, no. is it? Or, or in the New Testament, full stop. Um, in fact, uh, exactly the opposite way. And, and I think sometimes people might say, well, I feel like a hypocrite when, mm. I'm, when I'm loving and my heart is not in it. Um, but I think that that moves us beyond the definition of being but a we're hypocrite. so quick to New say Testament we should only
0: us. obey the command to love when we feel like it. But we don't believe that we should have to feel like obeying the other commands. Yeah. I don't always feel like telling the truth. It yeah. doesn't mean I don't have to obey that command to, to not lie. Yeah. There's, um, yeah. I wonder why we wrap love in that thing of it should have the feelings attached before I'm obligated to obey it and do it. Yeah. Versus we don't seem to put that around any other command. But yeah, jumping back into 1 John, Jesus says, obey my command to love each other.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: And, and it, it's amazing that God can command something that we think should require a feeling. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Mind Mitch, what
2: were you gonna say? Um, perhaps loving others when you don't feel like it. It's a little bit like worshiping God when you don't mm. feel like it. Or well, there's, yeah. there's probably quite a few other things that <laughs> I'm just thinking on my feet here. There's probably a few other things that fit into that category. Um, sometimes you just you you do it out of a sense of duty and obligation, which isn't necessarily all bad, um, but think you can confidently say that with god's help and by pressing into him that will be help you sort of break out of that and you, the more mm. time you spend doing it the more time you spend worshiping god you, the more time you feel like mm. you will actually feel like doing it. the more time you keep pushing yourself to love when you don't feel like it god will start working on your heart and yeah. start changing yeah. things and you will want to love yeah um, it's not going to be easy though and that one of the passages that I put right in the start there is, where is it, it's Matthew 16, um, 24 and 25. Says to, yeah, was it says, um, save your life by losing it. But words to the yeah. effect of. Um, Jesus doesn't give us any illusions that this is going to be an easy thing to do. It wasn't easy for him. and I don't think mm-hmm. it's necessarily m- meant or going to be easy for us.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think... Um uh, sometimes I've thought of it as uh, there. There are times when our heart will lead our head. Mm. Um, it, our heart, what we want to do, will will lead us in a good place where, where we know to mm. go. But there are other times where where our head, what we what we know, it looks like to follow Jesus yeah. will lead us uh, where our heart yeah. is struggling to go. Absolutely, um, I think you hit the
0: nail on the head, Mitch. I think sometimes the act, the feelings follow. And um, it's very hard not to feel loving towards someone you have been acting loving towards.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a final question: Boundaries uh, <laughs> sometimes come up, and there's um, there's a question here: um, how the the need to love those who have wronged us, but does it doesn't that this doesn't mean staying in an abusive relationship with someone who repeatedly hurts you? Mm-hmm. Is it possible to love and forgive someone who has repeatedly wronged you, but not want to have anything to do with them? Where should the balance of the two sit? Um, I'm sure you want to have something to say there, Donna. I want to jump in.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think there is the ability to forgive someone who's repeatedly wronged you. There is wisdom to move away from that relationship and not stay connected. We were talking about this before, Stu, about... um, wanting to put limits around love because it lets us off the hook. I can do this and this and this, but I don't have to do any more because you're not doing the right thing. But my perspective was that sometimes the most loving thing to do is helping someone else create boundaries that they're unable to create for themselves. So it's actually loving to remove yourself from a harmful situation because you're not helping the person if you stay there and enabling them to continue to hurt you Mm. because you're enabling their sin. And sometimes it will look different. And we talked about that there's no A plus B equals C. There's no magic formula about what this looks like across the board. Hmm. And appealing to wise counsel, getting good advice will always make sense. Hmm. But um, you can still remove yourself and remain loving. And sometimes it is the most loving thing to do for yourself and the other person is to take yourself out of a harmful situation. But, um, yeah, I think it's that fine line between examining your heart And working out whether you're staying for unhealthy reasons or whether you're staying for the right reasons, whether you're leaving for unhealthy reasons or whether you're leaving for the right reasons. And I don't think that that's always a very clearly defined line. But yeah, we were chatting earlier about how we want to put the line in the sand. We want to have a boundary that we can declare this is it and I don't have to do anymore versus I have to continually forgive. Yeah, Yeah, it's a really messy one. There is no easy... Easy option, jump into.
3: Yeah, uh, I was just thinking. You know, Al Anon is like a support community for, um, you know, family members and, mm. and friends, etc. Of alcoholics, and you know, oftentimes they'll get people, you know, coming in there that are that are living in some pretty rough situations, and you know, oftentimes their um, advice, you know, amongst other things, and I'm not speaking on their behalf or anything, but will be, you know, for you to remove yourself mm. out of that situation, etc. And you know, it can be you know, the sort of reflections are, it can be really tough, right? Because you love this individual mm-hmm. that you see suffering, you know, alcoholism, et cetera, but they're also perpetuating, you know, really harmful <laughs> evils upon you and this, yeah. that, the other. And in, insofar as you stick around, insofar as you are supporting them, you're also uh, taking away from the natural repercussions of their actions, you know? And so, um, you know, I think it's a, like, it's a tough situation to be in, um, but, you know, I don't think that, walking away and distancing yourself from somebody is necessarily an act of unloving. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's good.
1: We, uh, uh, and our time is nearly done. Stuart, you uh, shared a little bit for yourself of what the, the extraordinary love of other people meant for you uh, earlier in. In life. Do you want to just recount that for us? Because I think it's good for us to understand um, what it does for a community of people, what it does for individuals as we as we love each other radically.
3: Um, yeah, I, was, I, I guess I was reflecting on sort of you know childhood, growing up, etc. And you know I'd grown up in a in a Christian family, in a Christian home, and parents that that loved me, etc. Um, you know, and and a well, like kind of exceptional church, but you know I had I definitely grown up with a with a sort of a notion of um, you know, it wasn't there wasn't anything anything necessarily wrong, but there was something I definitely haven't realized in terms of and grace, grace and love and about God's character necessarily. But you know, I, I don't know, it, it hadn't necessarily been modelled to me. And I guess the long and short of that is I was a pretty lost young kid, you know. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until uh, I was probably twenty or so or nineteen or something, and I and I was doing a year in the sun at Table College in Melbourne. Um, and in and through that time um really rough period in my life a whole bunch of people showed showed love and care and concern and grace for me regardless of my actions regardless of a whole bunch of destructive patterns of behavior that i was participating in and all the rest of it and in that way as corny as it sounds you know i felt as though i was loved back to life in that you know to receive you know love from those people and it you know it took me a while to sort things out but um you know at, at the time that well that changed my life so
1: yeah yeah, that's good. So God means for him to shine brightly in us as we love radically, and he means for uh, his people, the the community, the church, to uh, to shine brightly to the world around us as we love each other radically. Uh, thanks for being part of the podcast with us. Love to hear your feedback if you, um, if you have comments and suggestions and look forward to uh, being with you again next week. Thank you.